It's Wednesday, April the 14th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Biden confirms Afghanistan withdrawal and America's CPI rockets. First, the world in brief. President Joe Biden decided to withdraw all American troops from Afghanistan by September 11th, exactly 20 years after the terrorist attack that sparked America's longest war. Mr Biden's predecessor, Donald Trump, had struck an agreement with the Taliban to withdraw by May 1st. The militant group has threatened violence if this deadline were missed. It is unclear how it will respond to the new timeline. Mr Biden also phoned Vladimir Putin, his counterpart in Russia, to explain that America's commitment to Ukraine's sovereignty and territorial integrity is unwavering. Russia has been massing troops on its border with Ukraine and in Crimea. Despite the Russian government branding America as, quote, an adversary, Mr Biden also proposed meeting Mr Putin in a third country in the coming months. Deployment of the COVID-19 jab developed by Johnson & Johnson was paused in America, the EU and South Africa. American regulators said that six women, among those who took the 6.8 million doses administered, developed blood clots after receiving the vaccine. Earlier this month, British and European regulators found a similar link between the Oxford-AstraZeneca jab and very rare blood clots in adults. Annual consumer price inflation in America grew by 2.6% in the 12 months to March, following a 1.7% increase in February, thanks in part to the inclusion in the comparison of prices depressed by the first wave of the country's COVID-19 pandemic a year ago. The 0.6 percentage point rise in inflation in March was the largest monthly increase since August 2012. Partly as a result of those inflation figures, the price of Bitcoin hit an all-time high of over $63,000. Investors in cryptocurrencies appeared to be bullish ahead of the listing today of Coinbase, an exchange for cryptocurrencies, at a valuation of around $100 billion. Following the sabotage of its Natanz nuclear facility, Iran announced it would build 1,000 more centrifuges there and begin enriching uranium to 60% purity. Though short of the 90% purity needed to build weapons, this exceeds the limit set by the Iran nuclear deal, which signatories will try to rescue in talks that are to resume in Vienna on Thursday. And Taiwan said 25 Chinese military planes breached its airspace on Monday, including bombers capable of delivering nuclear payloads. China, which is becoming increasingly aggressive towards a state it considers its own, called it a combat drill. It also warned America, quote, not to play with fire, hours before the White House dispatched a team of former officials to Taiwan as a, quote, personal signal of commitment to the island's democracy. And now, here's today's agenda. Chasing the Dragon. The Sino-American Tech War. If you want to get your initiative supported by America's political classes, be sure to mention China. That is especially true of technology. There will be much talk about the threat of China overtaking America in, quote, technological primacy at a Senate Commerce Committee hearing today on the, quote, Endless Frontier Act, a bill designed to boost government-funded research and development. The legislation, which had bipartisan sponsorship in the previous Congress, calls for a greatly increased budget for the National Science Foundation to be renamed the National Science and Technology Foundation. It will get a new, quote, technology directorate to support research in areas such as biotechnology, artificial intelligence and quantum computing. Senators will be sure to raise the spectre of China, as the Biden administration has, in recommending $50 billion for semiconductor research and manufacturing in its proposed infrastructure bill, 
Their interest is not just ideological. There is business to be done. Trouble at the border. Will Russia invade Ukraine? Tensions between Russia and Ukraine have been growing for weeks following the breakdown of a ceasefire in the Donbass region of eastern Ukraine, which Russia invaded in 2014, and amassing of Russian forces nearby. Yesterday, Sergei Shoigu, Russia's defence minister, admitted that Russia had built up two armies and three airborne units on its western borders for, quote, combat training exercises. Russian amphibious vessels have also moved from the Caspian to the Black Sea. Ukraine claims that there are 40,000 Russian troops on its eastern border and 40,000 more in Crimea. Todd Walters, the commander of America's European Command, said the build-up, quote, mirrors the size and scope and scale of that which preceded Russia's previous invasion. But war might not be Russia's ultimate goal. It may just be to intimidate Volodymyr Zelensky, Ukraine's president, into offering concessions over Donbass, such as greater autonomy for pro-Russian separatists, and to test just how far America and Europe will go in supporting Ukraine. An awkward welcome. Greek and Turkish relations. It seems every week brings a new diplomatic scandal in Turkey. Last week, Ursula von der Leyen, the president of the European Commission, was left stunned and seatless during a meeting with Recep Tayyip Erdogan, Turkey's president. Today, Nikos Dendias, Greece's foreign minister, will receive an even more awkward welcome. Relations between the two countries had been improving. After a long hiatus, talks resumed over rival claims in the eastern Mediterranean earlier this year. But on the eve of Mr Dendias's visit, Turkey accused its NATO ally of abetting its enemies. Mr Erdogan's spokesperson tweeted that Greece harboured the Kurdistan Workers' Party, PKK, and the Gulen movement, which Turkey considers terrorist groups. Greece, he claimed, was allowing the PKK to plot attacks against Turkey in its refugee camps while, quote, actual refugees drowned in the Aegean. Mr Dendias will have more interesting things than a missing chair to discuss with his hosts. Kings of Crypto Coinbase goes public. Coinbase, an exchange for cryptocurrencies, has had its fair share of ups and downs since it was founded in 2012. But its public listing on the Nasdaq exchange today will probably be an unmitigated success. Its initial valuation could top $100 billion. That would even exceed Facebook's, which was valued at $104 billion when the social networking website listed in 2012. Preliminary first quarter results released on April 6 certainly generated excitement. Coinbase expects a profit of $730 million to $800 million on revenues of about $1.8 billion, up from $179 million and $585 million respectively in the last three months of 2020. Compared with many cash-guzzling unicorns, the firm is decidedly mature and profitable. In the past quarter, users traded about $335 billion worth of currencies on its platform. They also held $223 billion in its accounts, more than a tenth of the value of all cryptocurrencies. If the firm stays on its current trajectory, it has a chance to rule Cryptoland. The Male Mona Lisa Da Vinci's Controversial Painting Salvatore Mundi broke records when it sold for $450 million at auction in November 2017 to a proxy of the Saudi Arabian government. The portrait of Jesus Christ, purportedly by Leonardo da Vinci, has not appeared in public since. 
its absence from the loose blockbuster Da Vinci show in 2019, marking the 500th anniversary of the Master's death, was especially noted. The Saviour for Sale, a controversial new documentary, argues that there might be a simple explanation. Scientific examination indicates the painting is not entirely Da Vinci's work. The film suggests that Saudi Arabia refused to lend Salvatore Mundi after its demands that it be labelled quote, 100% Leonardo and hung next to the Mona Lisa were refused by Emmanuel Macron, France's president. The documentary is already giving France a diplomatic headache. The art newspaper claims that the head of the Louvre met the Saudi ambassador in the wake of the film's release to explain the museum's position. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Simone de Beauvoir, who died on this day in 1986. Self-knowledge is no guarantee of happiness, but it is on the side of happiness and can supply the courage to fight for it. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 